Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, bots and cons to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Scott of VectorSigma.info, and, uh, well, I've said this before on other shows, but strap in, everybody, because we got spoilers coming out of our ears. We got, I got my props ready. My desk is covered in, in toys, uh, because the, this is going to be kind of a long one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Scott, before we dive in, uh, how did our other co-host event go? Oh, it was fun. Good. <laughs> They're tired, so I don't think we'll hear them tonight. Well, that means it was fun, obviously, because yeah. if they if yeah. they got worn out, I know that's yeah. the the sign of a good time for for a puppy. Yeah. So that, that was awesome. That's good news. Um. So I guess to without too much intro there are a couple things to go over uh specifically by the time you're hearing this if you're not watching it live it's going to be origins week so the week yeah the week of yeah. the week uh, yeah the, when the you'll be get you'll be hearing about origins very shortly if you're hearing this uh so scott as a quick prep anything you wanted to cover ahead of time either news stuff like op stuff uh strategy stuff or just general vector sigma stuff that you wanted to bring up before we dive into the reviews uh so we plan to <clears throat> try to do i guess is i guess these we describe them as nightly videos or nightly podcasts uh for on site um so a few of our teammates will be getting in on thursday night and then dan and i will be getting in on uh the We'll be getting. I'm sorry, Dan and I will be getting on Thursday night, so we won't be able to play on Thursday, like morning when it starts. But like Mark and Palmer and um, a, a couple others will be there Thursday to play in the event on Thursday. So we'll just talk to them about how Thursday went when we eventually get in, uh, and then we're playing Friday and Saturday. Already signed up for all the events on Friday and Saturday. So, um, but we planned to do um, podcasts every night and release them right away. Uh, to just give people an idea of like you know what the tournaments were like, what the metagame was like, how we did on the day, how other people did on the day, how many people were there, and then obviously we're trying to, you know, as best as possible talk to as many players that we know. Um, so if you want to come up to us, uh, it shouldn't be hard to spot us um, if you know what we look like at all. <laughs> um, but you know we're gonna do player interviews as best as possible, depending on what the acoustics are like in the in the at site on site because that can be a challenge right um you know filming games may be difficult just because of again the acoustics and the setup but we have permission to we have our press passes and all that um so yeah so i so just during during the actual event just i i would say at the minimum look for stuff to be posted on a, on a nightly basis just a recap of the day um and we may just save some of the additional footage for additional content throughout the next month just because of how busy it may be um but like you know, hopefully we'll get you know do well, and then we can open siege packs or like do whatever we want, like you know, like things like that. So there'll definitely be enough going around. Like we'll we'll maybe have some interviews with pastimes, things like that. Awesome. Um, I don't know. I don't think actual Watsi people are going to be at Origins like they will at Gen Con. It so, sounded um, like when we spoke with Drew that they were not going to be. Right. So we'll. I mean, John from Pastimes will be there again, so we can yes. definitely talk to him again. So of course. You know, you know. Uh, and then the following week, I'm assuming we should everybody out there should expect a whole bunch of coverage from the event. Is that the game plan right now? Yeah, I mean, hopefully it'll go well, and then yeah, there'll be plenty to talk about. Um, well, I mean, there's there's definitely going to be a lot to talk about regardless. But yeah, yeah, hopefully. there'll be a lot to talk about regardless. Yeah. So 
yeah, it's really exciting. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make the trip, but obviously I'm, I'm rooting for everybody out there. And I'm, I know myself as well as a number of people are going to be anxiously awaiting to see how the results shake out. So, um, I guess with that, we can get right into it unless you had anything else you want to cover, Scott. No, the only thing I'll say is I know for probably <clears throat> a large percentage of the listening audience, if not, and definitely a large percentage of the game playing audience, um, the tournament at Origins kind of represents, like, it doesn't really mean much to them because it's the end of a format that they're not even going to be playing in. And, like, you know, a new set is around the corner. But I think the, mm. the main thing to take away is that, like, this will be the first time with sideboards. This will be the first time organized play best of three. First time for, like, you know... Yeah, there's definitely um, notable things to pick up on even if the card pool is going to change. Yeah, time rounds. Like, you know, things that, like... Uh, I think you can, I think whatever coverage there is of the event in addition to ours, which I mean, I'll make sure that we, and I'm sure everybody else will you know, on the team as well, is is to kind of show the difference in how it was at the casual, like at the, at the I guess I'll call it casual competitive level versus the ultra competitive level that this will start um, and at the minimum the three large events will be, but I would imagine that the qualifier system will hold that as well. Cause as we talked about at length mm. last time, it, it's just, and, and this has been echoed by other people that I've talked to as well. Like just the difficulty in qualifying for the main event. Um, especially if you plan on only attending the event, if you are qualified as opposed to like, I'm going to take my chance at a last chance qualifier or something like that. Like it just seems right. like it's, if you're not go- able to go to one of these major conventions again, it's going to be a difficult road. So Absolutely. you should expect, you should take it as much as possible, even if you're not able to go, because it's it's not just about the format; it's about the response to the to the competitive environment. I guess is another thing you could take away. Right. Yeah. This the structure of the event and the atmosphere are going to be equally important, or at least if not equally, then certainly a significant role going forward. Yeah, and I think the I think the non. The, the potential for the non-regional aspect of the players playing in the event, which will probably be echoed in the other, definitely in the, in the final, like, Energon oh, Invitational, of course. but most likely at Gen Con as well. Um, I, I think you'll... I can't draw conclusions until there's results, but I'm curious to see what the effect of those, you know, your playtesting groups and, and how oh, yeah. your access to other players and things like that bears out. It's definitely a interesting observation because I'm sure this is where you were going with it, Scott, but in other games that I've played and ones that you've played as well, it's the local and regional and or even national environments can vary greatly even with the essentially the same exact parameters. So the same format, the same tournament structure, but you'll have two groups end up saying, well, we both found the best thing. And they'll end up looking wildly different. So it, it's going to yeah. be very, very interesting to to follow. Yeah, I planned I plan to gather as much data as I possibly can to try to look at look at these results from different angles. So mm-hmm. like, whether it's the cards, not just I mean, in addition to just the cards being played, like the nature of the players, the the region that they're from. Like I, I plan to look at this with a fine tooth comb and just try to come up with some some ideas yeah there's a lot of interesting things that can be gleaned from that data so i'm i'm very very much looking forward to seeing those things 
come out of the events. I can figure out a way to finish that sentence quickly enough. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All good. Uh, uh, so any other details before we dive in? No, I mean, you know, Siege, um, War for Cybertron is, War for Cybertron Siege is right around the corner. So, um, yep. I, I guess for the, the, the audience that isn't going to Origins or doesn't have any major events over the next month, like that's probably why we're already diving heavily into the, the review season yeah. even more than we have in the past just because we know that there's an event what i mean we only have like uh, we only have a month before gen con so right you know the, the next major one of these you turn around and and it's it's probably the first i mean there might be some stores having qualifiers during july and they're you know right but i think from a constructed standpoint um even though there may be a couple tournaments here and there it'll probably mm-hmm. be the um the premier uh, launch to of borrow a term wave. from the fighting game community majors, I guess we could call them yeah, yeah. as opposed it'll be to, the, it'll, but it'll be the major that, that heavily features this set um, mm-hmm. because I believe by the time the energy invitational, there'll probably be another set siege two or something like that. So. I would expect that. Yeah. Given the, the yeah. time frame, uh, or at least, and, and at the minimum, like another, whatever, like, metroplex type deck so for sure and it does seem yeah. to be uh again referencing magic it, it at least in recent years it seemed to be that wizards was interested in helping promote the newest thing by having a closely related major event sort of thing outside of pre-releases you know like an actual competitive thing i don't know if that's still the case but it was at one time so yeah i think they named the pro tours all over after the set so I yeah think- I, I would not be surprised when we walk into Gen Con if there's, like, Siege everywhere and, like, right, nothing right. necessarily about, like... The, I mean, because Gen Con is such a major thing, like, there will be information about future releases, oh, but I'm sure course. Siege will be the main focus. So. Right. So, speaking of Siege, uh, this is actually our first spoiler-focused show where we have knowledge about the fact that sideboards are going to exist. So, that is definitely going to influence some of our conversations and... Not that the previous ones are necessarily invalid, but certainly there, there's new light to shed on previous cards. Uh, sure. Since we have so many today, we're clearly not going to review all the old ones, at least at this time, pending the schedule of once Scott and everybody gets back from Gen, uh, from Gen Con, from Origins, excuse me, uh, we'll have to see what we're going to do with, you know, final thoughts before Siege actually is in people's hands versus event recap and things like that but we'll we'll play it by ear so stay tuned everybody uh, as yeah, i mentioned we'll earlier we're gonna break stuff. what was that scott we'll do like top 10 lists and stuff oh like yeah that. yeah exactly we're gonna try and get all that in uh, as i mentioned earlier we are gonna break this up so if you're listening to this or watching this on youtube or anything like that definitely check out part two episode two <laughs> for this one mm-hmm. um because we're gonna we're gonna try and get through this one folks so uh like i said earlier strap in i have my caffeine it's going to be a long night. Here we go. <laughs> I don't think it'll be that bad, but okay. Well, we'll see. Um, so our first one up, we're going to start with the characters. And this is Private Stakeout. So this came from Big Angry Trev. Uh, it's another rescue patrol. <laughs> uh, but this guy gives you rapid conversion as part or, uh, from his tap ability. It's a truck, right? Or... He, he's a specialist car. Specialist car. And yeah. what are stats? 350, alt, and 251 in bot. Specialist in both, which, if, which does sometimes matter. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. It has use. Um, he's only four stars, so it it immediately gives him a whole lot of extra options because it's a little bit easier to squeeze him in. That that twenty one, and then find a four star setup seems to be coming up more as I'm brainstorming things. Um, but it's interesting because rapid conversion was seemed to be a staple on day one or day zero, and then has basically been phased out. So do you picture you care about rapid conversion on a stick? I didn't before, but like, to be honest with you, like when I was, when I was writing my preview article for, um, top shot, something kind of like, and this didn't click for me when I was doing like my thoughts on combiners, but like the fact that the micromasters abilities don't cost you one of your other action phases means that you can do so you you can do another thing in the yeah. turn. Mm-hmm. So so you just have to think of it that way. Like what am I gonna what would I do with an extra flip? Um and you know, there's things like Grimlock gives himself both three real easily and still gets to play an action. Um you know, like that's that's a big one. Like you know, yeah. the new Shockwave gets to do his ability and and maybe draw into one of the other two things that he wasn't, and technically gets access to two more cards. Yeah. Um. You know, th- I think I think there's just a and you can do like insane combos like with that and the UFO card and things like that. So I, I think that there is solid use for him. I just don't know how many characters are going to be dependent on um flipping as an right. extra ability like i think I, mean, I think like he's probably pretty decent with like the new megatron he would be decent with like you know starscream air commander but he's not a plane so i think that's where it's gonna fall out um i don't mm. really care that he's a car so i i think i think this one will have use more than i thought initially just because again the fact that like it's an extra thing you can do and Sure, he his survivability is extremely low, but like all that really matters is that he soaks up that attack. Like them using an attack on him is an attack that are not using on clearly somebody that's better. Right. So that's the big issue. My concern with this guy, well, there there are a couple things. I agree with you that getting effectively an extra action every turn, well, every turn that you use him anyway, is is pertinent. The one major issue that I have with him, as you said, was the survivability. So that one definitely has to count. Two is this guy in particular, because it requires white pips, you're now going to have to skew your deck to make sure that you can actually play one. So a lot of things may only run a handful of them, and maybe you actually want to play them. Obviously, you'd be building with this in mind, so it... It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just something to keep in mind as opposed to the blue or orange ones where it's, okay, well, probably every card in your deck is that specific color. The white pips are a little bit more of a rarity. Yeah, that's fair. I would have expected the white ones, or especially the black ones, to uh, to be a little more powerful because right. of how, like, how they're, like, you know, those aren't the primary colors, for lack right. of that, which I used in another podcast, so... Hmm. Yeah. A better term. So. <laughs> These, I mean, I get it because rapid conversion is kind of a, a marquee ability or action. Um, so it makes sense that there's a rapid conversion guy. 
I agree with you that you could do funny things with either, you know, shockwaves or grimlocks or, or various other flips. It's, I, I feel I'm getting, thinking back to Rise of Combiners that just like when we first saw star cards and how much is a star worth, okay, well, is, is guaranteeing having a rapid conversion worth four stars? Or would it be easier? Yes, you, you may have gotten to 21 stars and then, okay, here's my four guy. Would it have been better to reconfigure it to make it to 25 or to get to 23 and then play two star cards? I'm not entirely sure yet. I mean, I like the fact that any character is going to still get you that draw phase, still get you that action phase, still be able to wield um, upgrades and, and use actions. So, you know, they, they have the potential to. Yeah. But if you were, say, setting up that Grimlock example that you'd had, that's the Grimlock turn. So this guy is not going to get you that extra. No, no, that's fair. But I mean, there might be situations where that doesn't happen. Oh, yes, yeah, of hear, course. And because yeah. he's a body and yes, you you don't yeah. have to do it. Right. Um, so it definitely makes it interesting. I'll be curious going forward how many of them, it matters more for their stealth ability just for the sake of, okay, well, you can't get this guy. Um, right. Because I talked about. Talked yeah. About yeah. So it, it's, I just wanted to bring it up again because it's another point, obviously, pertinent to yeah, this guy. Yeah, so. sure. Yep. Um, also, shout out to Stakeout for uh, showing up in the comics. <laughs> that's, that's about all I got for him. Cool. Uh, moving on from there, we have Sergeant Scrapnel from uh, Lisa Marie. I'm not... The artwork's cool on this guy. At least on the bot mode. I'm not super enthusiastic about the alt mode where he's 4.11.2 brave for 9 stars. What's our safe word going to be for move on to the next card? Whatever that one. Scrapnel. We'll, use it. <laughs> All right. we'll, we'll move on. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> We're Normally, we'd spend a lot of time on these, but we do have a lot to get through, and there's, there's not a whole lot positive to say about them. So rather than beat the horse to we, a pulp we, we need the um the old school 80s autobot decepticon symbol when they you know change scenes oh yeah we need that yeah i'll have to get that i'll have to see if we can get that okay yeah um so next up are it or is raider runabout who is scott had rightly said in the vector sigma discord one of my favorite guys i just love runabout and run amok because they're goons um I should have them side by side because they do interrelate, basically. Uh, whenever you flip one, it flips the other one. Um, one lets you draw, one lets you heal each of them. Um, one's ranged, whoop, went a little too far. One is specialist, and then obviously they're both cars. We had, in the Vector Sigma Discord, we went. We were talking about it. I personally feel, and Scott, tell me if you feel this way. I think these are overcosted simply because the assumption is that they're actually five fifteen twos instead of five thirteen twos. Why the? Because of the repair. Yeah. So I, because at ten stars each, it feels like a lot. I don't think there's a viable. At least not that I can think of right now. We do still have a few battle cards that haven't been revealed, but their attacks seem too low to really get it done in blue shells. I feel like they want to be orange. I mean, I'm I'm open to being wrong, and I really do want to play these guys, and they seem fun because you're flipping a million times, but I I don't know. Are you enthused by these guys? I mean, they have the same problem that any 
like the the ten eleven star range always seems to be this this like nothingness of like yeah you have around five attack and you have around this many hit points and you have around this many defense and it's always like I mean I mean to be fair many... their their health and defense is as big or bigger than Dinobots so that's something but you're right that it's the, whatever the stat breakdown is that ends up with this it's always kind of just middling and it's not I'm really super excited to play them right like so like what is like if they're both in bot mode right mm-hmm. so you on one you flip whatever one of them and they're both in bot mode. every time you flip they're both in whatever so if you play a start your engines does that even help you besides on tapping one of them like does that like, so they would both be flipped anyway, right? Like you draw one card and you don't even heal or like you don't do both abilities, right? Uh, so I'm looking to run amok right now. When you flip to this mode, draw a card. And it's when you flip to bot mode, draw a card. And then if you have runabout on the field, flip him from alt to bot. So they both end up in bot mode. So then you play uh, start your engines. They both flip. So you don't like the extra flip from flipping runabout doesn't do anything, but well, then you, you repair, repair one from both. Correct, and then you get your untaps, obviously, or untapped. And then the one that repaired is the one that wants to attack in the in the alt mode, and the other one is the one that wants to attack in the bot mode, right? Correct. I, I mean, it's fine, like it, but I don't see how it, my issue right now. I initially thought to myself, okay, I'll run it in blue use the heals and the untaps to try and elongate their lifespan. But if you go against another blue deck, you're now 10-10. Your five is probably like Flame War or something. You're just going to do well, zero I to, damage. I think you have to find a partner that wants to flip because you're getting easy flips from these guys. Possibly, yeah. So like if you have another character that like either... Because I don't think... Because flipping these guys back and forth all the time is really not going to do much. Like, it's going to repair one from them and it's going to yeah. draw mm-hmm. one card. Like, it's not going to... I mean, I know they're both flipping, but that's not doing a whole lot. So, uh, uh, that's the problem is, like, I just don't see, like, where that's... I can see on turn one where that's interesting. I just can't really understand, like, why that matters beyond that. So... I would agree. Like, I, I don't get what the... Like, they're, they're just very middling to me. Yeah, it... I just don't... You, that's basically it. I could see yeah. maybe playing them in orange. Since we now have all the characters, we can go back and evaluate them and say, okay, is there a new five star or four star and a star card that makes it happen? But I, I really think if you play them in blue, barring a hypothetical blue weapon or something that we haven't seen yet, which matters for them, you're probably just never going to push enough damage against, say, aerial bots or three white primes or you know, future blue build. And against Even orange stuff, you may still not eat like anybody else. What, what was that? Like, whatever. Put energon axe on them; they're an eight, just like anything else. But, well, yes, but that you know, you could make that same argument, like you said, for anything else. So why not do that something else where it's fine without the energon axe? Is where I'm going. Yeah, I just don't think I just don't think their flips are good enough. Like, yeah. that's basically what you're looking at, and, the, and because their stats are basically equal to other guys at their cost or lower. Yeah. So I really don't see what the advantage is. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm hoping there's something there, but uh, even though I'm holding my my G1 guy right now and my uh, Transformers Collectors Club, the only one Transformers Collectors Club toys I ever got, um, it, I just don't see it happening. But 
You never know. Stranger things, right? Yep. Uh, so moving from there, we have Sergeant Hound, who I, I'm looking at my topic list and it's out of order, so apologies, everybody. Um, Sergeant Hound is blank in alt mode, and when you upgrade him, he gets plus two attack until end of turn. He's a 4-13-1 in, in um, bot mode for nine stars, and we had said this offline, so correct me if you feel differently now, Scott, but it, it's like, that's a lot of effort you're going to have to put in to make this a thing. Yeah, so the turn you want to attack with him, I guess he's like he should be a six thirteen one plus the weapon mm. for nine for nine, right? Yeah, I mean that's not awful. It's what's his defense in alt mode? One, so he's five thirteen one and blank text box on alt. Yeah, see that's the problem. Like, yeah, it's it's another one where it, it, clearly there was a trade off in stats, and although we, I think we are seeing a trend upward in health, which a lot of people had said in wave one, they kind of wanted, they'd hope to see down the line overall. Uh, I'm not, it feels like right now you're just going to have to invest a ton of effort to, to make it anything. Or like you said, you get the one attack. I I don't know that I'm not seeing it right now. I could be wrong. I mean, I'm not going to like, attack drone three times and get to be <laughs> 10 and whatever. And I'll 13. be honest, I, I seriously <laughs> forget attack drone as a card until someone says it. Or the, or the, the other armor that got spoiled today. Like, yes, I don't see myself doing a bunch of that kind of stuff. So that, so like, but I think you, but I think you would need to, like, that's the type of deck that he wants to be in. Like, I think, I mean, you get the new design micromaster, um, new designs itself. You don't get swindled cause he's an Autobot. Um, Right, you had. I mean, he could be a combo by himself to start out. Essentially, at like before we even put the weapon on him at like ten, I, I think that's not unrealistic. Mm-hmm. But that's what you had to build towards. And so, like, I just don't know if he had two. Even if he just had two defense, I could get behind it. But right, the one defense. I mean, you don't have to expose him. And at, oh, of you course. Know, and at nine, he won't take up like that much. So. I would say he probably has fringe potential just because I think that there will be some kind of combo. I just don't know if it'll matter. Because the way I look at it, and I, I've said this before, like, in other situations, like, getting a bunch of attack, like, when you aren't Grimlock and you... Attacking a guy is just attacking a guy. Like, you're you're probably going to be just be in an overkill situation most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess if the meta... Um, shifts to where like there's a bunch like there could be decks that have like a couple middling guys that you need to essentially do like you know 14 or 15 combined damage then i can see where like this you might be getting a slight discount for with him at nine i I don't know yeah i i mean i love all kinds of thundercracker builds so i i won't say that i don't like this guy because i can see like what you're describing I don't know, something in the back of my head, something about it being upgrades makes it different to me, but maybe that's just silly. Um, no, I know. Like, I, I think what's interesting is like people assume you can, it's easier to do more actions, but it's not that much harder to do more upgrades, especially if you use like multi tool and things like that. Yeah. So it's definitely, I mean, you can't put it on him, the multi tool. That's the problem. But like, yeah, which I'm sure is intentional, but like, there are ways to do it, and like that. That being said, like it's possible that he could 
overswing compared to his cost. And even at even at a base six for nine, like yeah, yes, I mean he's under wheeljack, but like uh, he's under wheeljack when when he how much damage he should do, but like. Wheeljack is such an all-star that, like, he's... It's a, yeah, that's a tough bar to, to pass. Right. Like, I, I still think he's, like, at that star cost, like, he's, like, at this point, he's, what, competing with the new Ironhide, like, mm-hmm. which I think is fair. But I think this guy might have just, like, again, like, if, if the meta shifts to something that has, like, middling guys, he, he's a decent chance of, like, doing a, a giant attack. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I can see it. It's... I don't know if it's one of those, the cards aren't here yet, or maybe I just need to look a little bit harder. I'm not going to write it off because there's no cap on it. You know, we've, we've already seen that there are ways to do obscene things, even though Wizards had addressed it. Um, there's always the potential that it's not necessarily going to be to that extreme, but that maybe this is a diamond in the rough. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I discounted him for a while, but I think he actually has potential just because he has the built-in... Like, the plus two built into him on any one turn means, like, he should be swinging typically, like, he should be a nine. Yeah. Like, with a weapon on him, which is still going to probably be a better than most non-wheeljack. Yeah, uh, I mean, that nine, that's nine pretty stars, so. substantial. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll have to see where he ends up. Being melee, I guess, isn't great, Um, as we've talked about before no, on other shows. So Probably not, yeah. We'll have to, I mean, he gets Energon Slingshot. <laughs> yep. Um, that That's one of my pet cards now. So mm-hmm. uh, moving from there, we have Trigger Happy, who uh, I know somebody in our Discord, I don't remember who was, was laughing at the name, but he does kind of epitomize the, uh, I mean, Trigger Happy is actually a term, but noun verber for Transformer names. <laughs> <laughs> um He's actually, I think this guy's interesting if nothing else, and he's also a really cool toy. That's why I made sure that I dug him out before the show. I'm a little disappointed that he doesn't have his faceplate and, you know, the the rest of the molding that he has on the head in the art, but can't have everything. Um, he's an eight-star plane, obviously ranged across the board. 212-2, Pierce 4 in, in bot, and 312-2, but has rare Megatron from Wave 1's ability to return a weapon when you flip to it in alt mode. Uh, so we have a pseudo, a larger Alpha Bravo kind of coming back at us. Yeah, which, had, again, this is another guy that I first had dismissed, but mm. the big issue is that you have to think about is when you have inborn Pierce, and so few characters actually do of a decent number that's not like you know, starter windblade. Um, yeah. <laughs> Irrelevant <one>. amounts. <laughs> right. Um, so, like, when you're starting to have built-in Pierce 3, 4, it's it's what happens when you then give them another weapon that appears on top of it. And now suddenly you're talking about, like, guaranteed large amounts of damage. Five Pierce 6 to... is... Uh, that, that's pretty right. threatening. <laughs> right. So, you know, they're... If you were to build the, um, the, the grids that I like, you know, the high-low. I should have stole that as attack. a... Let me, <laughs> keep talking. I'm going to see if I can find it real quick in Discord. <laughs> so there... When you have that much guaranteed damage against other defensive decks, uh, for the star cost, it's going to be above the curve. Because, you know, if you think about it logically... 
in order to do, let's just say you give him an energon axe, right? So he's going to be, what, a five pierce six. So he's going to do, even if he's in a blue deck, um, he's going to do five damage. So if you're going against a defensive deck at all, and they're defending four, let's just say, like nothing unre- nothing unrealistic, mm-hmm. um, you have to do nine. So like what, what eight drops can like get to nine attack pretty easily. Like, well, I was about to say the, the previous preview card, but then you said eight drops, so... <laughs> yeah. So that's the problem. Like, yeah. Like, so, so that's where his use comes into play, is that he's always going to do that amount of damage. Like, yeah. So, you know, he essentially, if it was an orange deck, will always have, like, you know... Um, I don't think he would see a lot of use in an orange deck, but, like, you know... You would it would that would help you get to the you know the pierce number you need right um I, I i i think he's probably pretty good just because of the experience the positive experience i've had with alpha bravo yeah um his flip is not irrelevant i mean his flip still gets back a weapon which means you're never going like anytime he's in alt mode and you have a um you don't need to use another flip i mean he will get the weapon you need for the character that you need to play it on Exactly. The flip density is going to be a challenge with him, though, because just from picturing what else he's going to have to be partnered with, and clearly you're going to, well, maybe not clearly because it's a hypothetical, but whoever those other bots are, you're going to want real, what's the word I'm trying to find? I'll just say generally because I I can't think of something else at the moment. You're going to want them to be swinging in bot mode, so it does make it a little clunky to get there. Unless this is you're saying like post wheel, you can go get that weapon, obviously. But I just think as a as, a, as like an not an emergency, but like just I, I mean any any character like this, like Optimus or like Megatron, when I when I played him, like it does open up your scrap pile as a toolbox. So Absolutely, like it's it's not an irrelevant ability. It's a very good ability on Natrop. Mm. Um, his survivability still seems a little bit low to me, but like, like if he has two defense, it should be okay. Um, yeah, I just I don't I haven't thought about who to pair him with, like because he's clearly a defensive deck card. Mm. Um, but like eight can be the new seven with thirteen drops. Um, with uh, four star battlemasters making up for the for the five yeah. drops. So, um, I mean he he pairs really well with the new Megatron. Right. So, um. I think he will see play uh, because his ability is just so like I can't think of another word besides just like his ability is so obvious. I don't know. Like he does what he's <laughs> supposed to do, which is do four damage, which is we- what he wants. So. Which is weird, especially given the the Alpha Bravo comparison, because I, at least me, maybe you were already ahead because you usually are. But like when we first saw him, I'm like, yeah, well, clearly you're gonna do this. But it it just didn't dawn on me at the time that, like, well, that's still pretty good, I guess. And by this, I mean throw a field communicator on him, or in this case, probably armed hovercraft since he's ranged. Um, Getting him to actually fully utilize the Pierce may be easier than people might think. Yeah, the difference with the aerial bot deck is that, like, the way that that deck works is Alpha Bravo is just, like, another piece direct damage where here yeah. because it's eight stars instead of five like 
you need to make that work for you. And and, and right. I don't know if that's in a four character deck or in a three character. I don't know if a three character deck is enough to quote make that work. Yeah, uh, we'll have to we'll have to see. But mm-hmm. like, I think he could be like a middling piece in a four character, for example, pretty easily. And then you would have that same situation where like his guarantee damage combines with I don't know like other actions and upgrades you're you're, you're doing from other characters and etc and then like you know he just finishes the job when he gets right you know yeah he's the closer are you do you actually have the card up in front of you right now scott no okay you're gonna have to look at it later because all i can think looking at is um his bot mode is like 80s action movie cover okay with like explosions going off behind him or like be like dollar bin dvd kind of things and he's like fist bumping you in the picture (laughs) as opposed to like i Supposed to be a punch, I guess, but it looks like he's just going for a fist bump. Does he look like a tetrajet, or is he the the weird other thing that? He no, has? he he looks like. A, I mean, I don't want to say a normal jet because it's not a, <laughs> but it's not a tetrajet. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, I I do like this guy. I'm a sucker for for trying to make planes work, and it has two enticing abilities on each form. So. Yeah, I'm I'm optimistic, but we'll we'll see. <laughs> Uh, speaking of planes and Tetra Jets, we have Captain Starscream. Um, he's interesting. He's uh, 12 stars in alt mode. He's 4-16-2, and when you flip to that mode, you can deal one damage to an enemy that has no upgrades. The other mode is 6-16-1, and when an upgrade is scrapped from an enemy, you hit him for one. Um, I... Obviously, you're getting free damage off of flipping them back and forth, but hypothetically, you could do it with the other Starscream. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be easier, really. And you're, yeah. you're encouraged to flip him back and forth because clearly you want to attack in bot mode. I But 12 stars is a lot. Are you, You're always excited by direct damage, so hype me on this card. Or are you not hyped by it? <laughs> I just wish he had two defense. Like his one defense was yeah. awesome. It, it's so concerning. at twelve stars, we're we're back to like a blue deck slant because of how many stars you're investing in a character. And like, mm. I just I, I can't imagine a, a blue deck being featuring a character that has one defense. Like it just seems so weak to me. Um, it's going to come down to how much his incremental damage makes a difference. Like, um, it's going to add up and kind of like. It's like no one remembers the first point of damage that you took when you bashing shielded that armor, but like all of a sudden you'll be dead, right? And like within by an extra point, and like that one point of damage in the beginning mattered. Um, so obviously it's not insignificant. Like uh, turning any of your upgrade removal into zaps as well is fine. Mm-hmm. Six attack is good. Sixteen hit points is good. Just one defense is so bad that like yeah. I'm not, that might just hold him back. Um, his flip ability is kind of, I don't know, it's kind of irrelevant to me. Like, clearly you, I mean, the idea is that you kill the last upgrade on the same turn that you flip. So, like, you're getting, like, yeah. a plasma burst out of the deal, basically. Which is not irrelevant. Um, I mean, turning one I shell stands into four damage or five damage, if you, like you said, the bashing shield example is potentially a thing. Um, yeah, like, if you, if you, if you play an upgrade that kills an upgrade, so if you like, if you bashing shield or you enforcement baton, and you 
Right, like you said, and you one shall stand, and you flip. Like, I mean, that's not a bad turn. Like, you yeah. know, but I guess the problem is, is that, like, I guess there's just not a lot of characters just flip to do a damage, but, like, yeah. It's not as universal as I would like, because it, it, it can't hit every target whenever you want. Um, yeah, but like I mean, clearly you, I can see him, you know, paired with like barrage because you're gonna want to like turn on his ability, and then like a five or six drop from there. So I, I think he, I think it's gonna come down to like whether or not like a, a three wide, or I guess really small character four wide orange deck. Because I can't imagine, I just can't see where he's gonna see playing a blue deck. Because you obviously need. You obviously need to force my batons yeah. to get these type of plays. Like, does his damage actually add up enough over time across the team? Like, mm. the splash damage to actually matter? And I'm not sure the answer. Is he a leader also? No, I'm not sure. Yeah, so you can't even do the the callous leadership yeah. play. I. It sounds enticing to turn bashing shields and enforcement batons into zaps, but I don't know many decks that I really wanted to play nine zaps in. Now, granted, they're green zaps, but at the same time, I, I'm i kind of in agreement with you. It it feels as though it's going to want to be orange. You do get access to his null ray, so hypothetically, you can pour on true. a lot of damage. That's true, yeah. So you could run, say, this guy, the five-star star scream, and then you know fill it out however, just so you have multiple targets, kind of like the old three-wide builds with Baby Optimus. Um, and then just start zapping things left and right, maybe that is a thing. Uh, it it sounds like a stretch just because it, it... I mean, zap is fine, but it's not like, oh yeah, I drew, I drew another zap. It's just incremental damage, and it just depends on whether or not like, you can get the numbers to where mm. that matters. And and we're, we're in a... We're, in a, we're also in a world where hit points have gone up, as, as you mentioned before on some other yeah. characters, so it may not be as relevant anymore. Um, combat right. damage may be, like, giant stacks of damage may be more relevant, and one damage for killing an upgrade may not do anything against these, like, you know, giant health pool characters, so we'll have to see. Yeah, yeah, their ability to sponge is going to be a challenge for this, just because you... Well, you said it. The giant packets may be relevant, because it's not a matter of poking them down to finish it off when they have one or two health left, it's going to be, okay, well, I need to get him for five, so it doesn't matter that I did the one damage to him. It's... And he has, he is one of the characters with the giant health pool, so I mean, like, you know, it, it, it may be, he may be correctly costed because of, we just aren't used to seeing health pools that big Yes, on, quote, such low star guys, but mm -hmm. I mean, you know, 16 is a lot, so. Yeah, and I mean. He's a, ne he's a mm -hmm. nemesis that has an ability to Yes. He's, a, he, he's a nemesis that like has one less defense that um, doesn't get larger and can do flash damage. So, more so he's nothing like Nemesis. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're, you're getting farther and farther away from the comparison. 16 points. Yeah, I know, I know. It's just funny because <laughs> you're like, oh, but what about this other thing that's different? Oh, yeah, and this other thing that's different. <laughs> um, I mean, that's where that's where I think like you're going to slot him in versus. So I think right, right. it's going to come into play. So. Yeah, no, I, I get where you're going. It was just funny the yeah. way it sounded. Um, no, I hear you. I, I hear think you. he he may actually, for his star cost and abilities and everything, 
I think he would have better stats if his name wasn't Starscream simply because of the Null Ray. Yeah, um, that's fair. I could certainly see a meeting where this guy had seven attack or had more defense or whatever, and somebody said, well, or they played a test game and someone slammed a Null Ray and goes, well, he's seven attack, bold two before we do anything else. That could be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's definitely giving me food for thought because I do seriously want to try the Starscream Arc Air Commander build just for the sake of it. Uh, whether it turns out to be good, we'll see. But it has direct damage, so it, it at least piques my interest. Yeah. Uh, moving from Captain Starscream, we have Private Sideswipe, who, um, well, let me let me just read him. <laughs> He's, I was going to try and sum it up real quick, but I'm not really... Yeah. So 211-1, he's 8 stars. When you flip to alt mode, he gets plus 2 attack until end of turn for each character in your KO area. And in alt, or excuse me, in bot mode, he's 411-1. When one of your characters is KO'd during an opponent's turn, untap him. So untapping's pretty good, but is this guy, or do you think this guy is any good, Scott? It's on your opponent's turn, so like, if he's tapped, they're just gonna attack him right like i really don't feel like having to play the stealth card on this guy yeah so um timing wise not to break your train of thought but does this fall into that weird dreadwing scenario where if their last guy ko's one of your guys and he untaps you get you do get another turn because you don't die in a turn there's still like you die during the combat phase so you're definitely gonna untap okay yeah as opposed um, to, because I don't, I should pull up Dreadwing to, to, to check the wording, because I thought that would that's also you, add it. You combine at the end of turn. Gotcha. Difference. So it's already um, past that is, window. Yeah. yeah, you're already past that point. Um, Sorry, I broke a train of thought. <laughs> no, I mean, his survival stats are really bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't understand how he's possibly going to survive to ever attack more than, get his ability off more than once in a, in a round. Um, you got me. I <laughs> like because because he because he has to be tapped, so it means that like he can be a target again unless he has like a stealth card or you have a brave character. So I just feel like you're going to be putting a lot of work into it. Into an eight star character that you obviously need to have some kind of permanent weapon on to make his ability worth it, or else you're constantly playing like like it, I mean, sure, if you have like running grenade. One, plane but like there are a lot of decks that if you had runner runner grenade launchers you know (laughs) right right getting uh, to untap a three attack guy is not going to be that interesting i mean yeah and you can't you can't ignore any ability that's going to give you an untap but at the same time like i I don't think you're really actually going to get the ability off enough to be able to depend on him for his star cost like i feel like like if he would have cost seven he would have been so much better but like I, i it also outside of the brave or stealth on him and only one other guy scenario, it's your opponent can play around it too. You know, it, that's not something to be ignored. So it, it presumably you're in a three wide at least scenario. Your opponent could either just attack side swipe or the third guy to spread the damage, which does influence their play. But clearly, if your deck is trying to. You know, if you put Sideswipe on the table, your opponent's going to go, oh, well, that guy's got to be important. I'm probably not going to let him untap. Yeah, and I feel like, I mean, I guess you can do the whole, like, 
start your engines with a bunch of dead guys, flip them back to the other mode, but I just feel like that's terrible. So, like, I feel like his 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 get bonus for the KO guy thing is pretty terrible. So, uh, so uh, in order, <laughs> he has two attack in that mode, so you need a lot right. of dead guys. Like, yeah, like why wouldn't I, why wouldn't you just play cliff jumper in that scenario? Uh, I thought he cost seven for some reason, so he's just way worse at eight. Yeah, I, I'm not super enthused about sideswipe, but it is what it is. I, I, what was that, Scott? It's the fact that he's just like so middling again that like yeah, not a huge fan. Well, I mean, they're not all going to be you know <laughs> yep. Optimus Prime Battlefield Legends, so no, it's fair. <laughs> Uh, so our last one for the character section, again, stay tuned for part two, actually came out <laughs> a couple hours ago, not even, um, and that's Private Taraxodon. Um, so this is the last character in the set period, right? We've had everything. Correct. Else. Yeah. So that's why I was saying earlier, we can now, or I feel it's, I, the OCD in me, as far as like having to have it completed, okay, now I feel comfortable going back and reviewing everything yeah, on the side again. Um. Because otherwise it was just like, oh, well, maybe that one last character, even though that's kind of silly, because, like, you know. But anyway, so Private Taraxodon, another Battle Master, he's melee, 390, and he's blank at six stars. But his weapon mode is plus three attack, and when the upgraded character attacks and you flip at least two white pips, the defender's base defense becomes Zippo, <laughs> zero, during this battle. And then the usual Battle Master thing is if it if it leaves the battlefield, goes to KO. I I kind of like this guy. Are you are you enthused about him? Uh, he costs six for yeah. a plus three. So yeah, I'm I'm. I mean, six is a huge is a terrible terrible spot right now. Yes. Um, like outside of like insecticons that have playable sixes, like uh, I mean, who are who are your playable sixes right now? Uh, Starter Bumblebee and or. Is uh, Common Bumblebee? I don't even know which one it is. Yeah, the, I know which one you're talking about. And like, uh, Demolisher. Uh, that, <laughs> um, that's the one that comes to mind. But you said playable, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that one. Yeah, it's um, I don't know about that one. <laughs> like, I was considering playing the other Battle Master, like that becomes like essentially the Ion Blaster of Prime, mm. thinking that that was going to be like the standard at the six drop. But like, this is just so much better. So. Do you anticipate that, because I think this is where everybody's thinking, do you care more about the fact that it's just three, or do you th think you're actually going to build towards trying to get the ability to go off? Or uh, did somebody in chat actually just mentioned it as a sideboard option, but it, of those, where do you picture you, you're taking this guy? I mean, any Battlemaster deck should have Quartermaster in it, which is a white. Of course. So you only really need to fit in, like... Either, I guess it depends on how much bold you have too. Consoles. Yeah, it depends on like what your other whites are. I, I don't <clears> think it'll be unrealistic, obviously, to to and like you know field communicators and and things like that. Like it won't be unrealistic to get it, but like if you think about it that way, all you're really then the weapon obviously like anytime it, it goes off, the weapon becomes above average because I'm much more attacking guy with zero defense, which there aren't that many of them that really see play. Right. Um. Outside of like scrap mill, um, you're becoming a permanent 
grenade launcher or a or better. Right. When you actually get the ability to go off, but like it, the card is fine without the ability. I wouldn't necessarily build for the ability. There's no double white card, so it's going to make it difficult. Obviously, yeah. like it's not as power. Well, it kind of is, but like it's almost as powerful as the triple blue guy, which um, you know becomes a six essentially with three direct damage and, and plus right, three attack right. for 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 two more stars. So like. I wouldn't want to build to the double white just because you don't want to have that many whites in your deck, but like yeah. Um I I think if you just oh by the way get it, I think it's very good. Yeah. I So mm. I guess it's a long way of saying I would play enough whites in your deck to occasionally get it off. Okay. If that's possible. But I wouldn't necessarily play like I wouldn't want to mess up my combat math just for the sake of playing whites. So I guess that would depend on if you're expecting as a meta call that there are enough high defense decks that warrant it because then you're not technically messing up your combat math, I guess, if that's what you're expecting to face all day. I mean, it turns your it turns your whites into oranges, right? I mean, essentially, right? Yeah. So that's the, that's I mean, exactly why I'm I'm looking at it from that direction. Right. I mean, it's still so Presumably you're three wide, maybe four. This is only going to end up on one guy. You still have other bots that need to still do stuff in combats. So it's to your point, it, it's not necessarily you want to load up on white pips because then, well, guess what? You you may be in a bad spot because those other guys are only, they're, you know, swinging pool noodles. Yeah, but there are decks that like, that just, by accident play a bunch of whites so it's it's not oh, of course that it shouldn't be that big of a deal but it, it's the fact that he's six um instead of eight mm-hmm. or seven which is a big deal to me like just because it seems like that's a number that i'm always like left with right um so yeah wheeljack 10 this guy as a thing i mean that's po- i mean that's possible but a lot of the tens are no to me are no better than some of the nine so well it's not that the bit's a big deal it's more that like it's like mm-hmm. you know 13 and two sixes or 12 and yeah 12 six and seven because seven is a popular number for like battle masters and things like that but i mean this is mm. this is one too I, this will see play like i think it's good yeah the for the reason why i brought up the wheeljack 10 was just because of the the double grimlock build that it, yeah, yeah for the because it's another option now whether it would displace prowl because he's a specialist and blah 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 is a more involved discussion but it at least gives you an alternative um and then randomly having this guy dying going on Grimlock is probably going to feel pretty good. Yeah, you definitely need to play one shot stand in your deck if you play this guy because the nine is is can be difficult for your opponent to take out even on the first attack, even if they are going first. Right. I mean, if you're going first. Um, so if you want him to die and so can, so can attack and die, mm-hmm. like you need to have a way to do that yourself. Oh yeah, I can't um, picture this guy is your opponent's going to walk into it unless you know they have a, a good <laughs> a good reason air quotes whatever that happens to be. Yeah. Um, but I expect any of the battle masters are going to be featuring one shell stand or I guess we want to be wild photon bomb, but that's a reach. Um, you know some of those self harming effects. Yeah, I think this guy along with. Um along with the triple blue guy are, are well the triple blue guy will not be a combo with this but like are are 
our reason like I, I incoming transmission doesn't see as much play anymore and I think like this is definitely a guy you want to run with incoming transmission. Oh yeah, for sure. And especially this is a good God. This is a good use from for my spinner rims card. There it is. <laughs> Folks, format saw before it even came out. There you go. Um I mean it, it, to the incoming transmission point and I guess to a lesser extent spinner rims. Um the they work together. Yes, the the nature of white pips also it, it's going to help you find the other ones too. Um yes. Ob- which is obvious but it's a point to to bring up. So okay, incoming transmission the white pip on top to activate this is much more likely and maybe you don't have to necessarily go beyond that depending on what the ratio of the deck is so yeah you, you don't i don't you need to put yourself in that kind of situation because you're right like the, the the combat that this guy has which is like let's just say it's in three wide is only going to happen like you said like once or if you quarter master him over twice like every other combat let's just say you flip two orange and two white um it's going to be plus two for everybody else, even if, let's just say, you're always attacking a two-defense guy for arguments. Like, this guy will be plus five. Yeah. But everybody else is just going to be, you know, everybody, like, your combat flip for him essentially gives you plus four. For everybody else, it's just plus two. And, like, you're actually, I mean, I guess you're even because, like, you technically only flipped, quote, two cards and then you got a yeah. crit that really didn't get you there. But, like, it, it doesn't, you're right, it doesn't do as much. There is a concern um, I have to that end of, okay, so you're playing one shell stands, you're pre- playing hypothetically an above average amount of white pips, so it, it does add evidence to that argument of, okay, are are you going overboard, or should the assumption be maybe post-sideboard you board in more white pips because you know you're playing against high defense characters sort of thing? Yeah, I mean... Like, there's the only one card we've ever seen with that has, like, a white and an orange on it. So, like, you know, that would obviously help. But Yeah. Yeah, so. We'll see. I mean, I, I think that ability is nice to have, and it'll happen. Mm-hmm. I've definitely had it happen on attack where you get, like, you know, double white and things like that. Um, Absolutely. So, I, I think that, I think it's I think it's fine as a plus three, and it obviously will be amazing anytime you get the ability to go off. If it doesn't hurt you in other combats, I think it's great. Yeah, it's it's something that I think plays right into your wheelhouse of uh, run the numbers for everybody and everyone's just going to seal your work. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> uh, now, that being said, there there are going to be higher defense characters that we kind of anticipate going in, especially early on. People are going to gravitate towards, like, the new Shockwave, for example. Um, this guy may be, maybe not the answer, but an answer for those sort of scenarios. I mean, yeah, you're going to get a giant weapon. Exactly. Deal, so. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that actually closes it up for the characters, everybody. Um, any other thoughts before we close this portion out, Scott? No, I think a lot of the characters are good. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm very anxious uh, to to get this set in my hands. I'm very excited about a lot of the characters, and it it's kind of rejuvenated for me and, and added interest in the game as a whole again. Because I'm really excited to actually sleeve some of these up and try them out. So, yeah. Like I said, that'll do it for this portion. As I mentioned a few times earlier, we're splitting this into two. So, definitely check out part two. We appreciate everyone listening. Thank you for watching, and please tune in next time for more Random Thoughts.